So when I was nine years old, the movie uh, Disney's Aladdin came out in the theaters, and it quickly became one of my favorites. Now, I am quite the expert on Disney movies because my mom ran a daycare out of our house, and so I had to spend many, many, many hours over the course of a number of years watching these same Disney movies over and over and over again. And Aladdin rose to the top for me. So whenever I got to pick, that was always a movie. I'm also fairly confident that the reason it was my favorite is because I was fascinated with the idea of a genie and a lamp and the idea of getting three wishes. I mean, wishes you could use to do just about anything. You could become someone different. You could have the things that you've always wanted to have. And my family, we didn't have a lot. We were uh, barely middle class, and uh, I dreamed about all of the things that we didn't have. Uh, and the idea of a magic genie coming and saying, I could say, yes, I want this, and it was was incredible. I was also, and this one's going to shock you, a little bit of an awkward kid growing up. Uh, you know, I had ADHD, and uh, I also felt out of place for reasons that would not become clear for a number of years later. And so the idea, I could also make myself into a new person. I could be different. I could be normal or popular or just a regular guy like everybody else, or at least I thought everybody else was, was really uh, something that I was wrong. I loved the idea that I could just be new and I could have all of the things that I wanted. I mean, that's kind of the dream, right? To, to be able to have all of the things you want. Whatever those things might be, yeah, maybe, anybody? Anybody, anybody not want the things you want? That's kind of a little bit of... Uh, uh, sorry, I'm a little tired this week, tonight, uh, so I'm going to be a little punchy here. Uh, <laughs> so in, in thinking about that, what, was, what would be the things that you would ask for? If you had three wishes, uh, this is more of a, you know, in your head question, but just think for a moment, what would your three wishes be? If you could have anything, and how would that make it your best life? Well, in the Old Testament, Solomon got a similar opportunity. God asked Solomon, what would you like me to give you? And Solomon answered, give me the wisdom I need to rule your people with justice and wisdom to know the difference between good and evil. Otherwise, how would I be able to rule this great people of yours? Now, setting aside the fact that, you know, they helped write this book, so maybe there might be a little bit of uh, boosting up of Solomon's ego. What Solomon asked for here is actually something really incredible and really smart. He asked for wisdom. You know, he could get all the riches, he had the land, he had the power, he had the influence, he was someone of great importance, but what he needed was wisdom, and he recognized that. So that's what Solomon asked for. Now, rewind that clock again to nine-year-old me watching Aladdin, and I can guarantee you wisdom was not one of the things I was asking the genie for. But, as an adult, I can see the value in that. And that's actually what our scripture tonight is getting at. It's 
James, in his usual, um, very matter-of-fact and sometimes harsh way of speaking, is actually still getting at a really important truth, and that's that wisdom is one of the most important things that we can have. It's actually something that's brought up three different times in this reading. And one of the things we can draw from that is that our best life is lived not when we have wealth and fame and power or even influence, but when we have wisdom. That first uh, uh, line in our reading tonight, who is wise among you, show by your good life that your works are done with gentleness born of wisdom. Now remember, James is the book we've been going through all this month, and as we've gone through it, we're reminded that it's a faith that calls us to live a faith that works, a faith that is active and alive. And according to James, our works are very important. They help define our faith. We're not saved by our works, but they define how we live our faith. They define how we act in the world. And so we are called to do good works and not just believe. In fact, he says a, a faith without works is dead faith. So up until now, a lot of what James has been calling us to do is to do good works in the world, to share the gospel through our actions. But now he's beginning to tell us a little more about how to go about doing he tells us to live a good life born of wisdom, basically saying that our lives should speak for themselves. That is, our best life is one that's lived out and filtered through wisdom. So where does wisdom come from? Well, for one thing, we need to understand that there is more than one kind of wisdom. James tells us of two types actually. Wisdom from above and wisdom of the world, or more plainly, God's ways or the world's ways. God's ways, divine wisdom, if you will, is based in our understanding of who God is. God who cares for us. God who forgives us and brings us life and salvation. God who loves us so much that Jesus stepped down from the heights of heaven and perfection to become one of us. God who is deeply concerned about every moment of our lives here in this life. God who is grounded in the values of steadfast love, justice, and righteousness. That is divine wisdom through the character of God. Now worldly wisdom is then, as James puts it, the wisdom uh, that is envious and ambitious unspiritually devilish, leading to disorder and wickedness of every kind. And it's, I'm sure most of us could probably agree with that more or less, but it's also maybe easy to think about this as wisdom from the world tells us that we should be inward focused. Me first, and then everyone else. Self-preservation, survival of the fittest, these are the ways of, of the world. And not that we're never concerned about others, but we're always concerned with ourselves first. That's the, uh, throughout history, what we can find is the way of the world. The driving force of much of humanity has been to gather what I need to survive, what my family needs to survive, what we need to uh, gain influence, what we need to, uh, if you think about the empires that rose, a lot of times it was about gaining the power so I can make sure that others can attack me. 
about building protection. And none of these, these things can be a mixed bag of whether they're good and bad. It's good to provide for your family. It's good to, to protect your, uh, your community. It's good to be looking out for yourself. You should absolutely care and look out for yourself. But when we become focused on inwardness and the enviness, enviousness and the ambitiousness, the disorder and wickedness of every kind, that's what begins to creep out when we are too inward focused. And so James is calling us to remember whose wisdom we will choose to follow and how we'll take our next move forward. Every moment in life, every decision we make, uh, one commentator I was reading this week said, uh, there are three options. And we are confronted with each of these, with our own past, with the historical era, so where, whatever time period we're living in, and a, quote, novel suggestion from God. All of these are possible ways forward. We can repeat the past and succumb to, or succumb to our heirs' dominant ethos, or we can act on a creative suggestion from God. James puts it a little more simply, uh, that that last one, that act on that creative suggestion of God, is to draw nearer to God. So what I'm saying here is that wisdom, above all else, has to do with a relationship. Because wisdom is drawn from wherever we are drawn to. So if we're drawn to our own path, if we're focused on our own path, that's where our wisdom is going to come from. If we're focused on the present and the world we live in too much, that's where our wisdom is going to come from. And if we're drawn to God in relationship with God, that's where our wisdom is going to come from. So James would say to be wise is to know God, to love God, and to trust God as the giver of all that we need, and to have faith in God as our Savior. To be wise is to place Jesus at the center of our lives and be committed to following Jesus even when it's not easy. Because doing so is where we find our best life. So how do we grow in this divine wisdom? How do we find that relationship with God? How do we find seeing that relationship with God? Well, St. Ignatius of Loyola offers us a... Uh, uh, suggestion uh, called his uh, Prayer of Examine. It's a bedrock of uh, Jesuit spirituality. And the Prayer of Examine is based on five movements. The first is to intentionally place yourself in the presence of God. To give thanks for God's great love for you. The second is to pray for the grace to understand how God is working in your life. The next step is the heart of the prayer as you review your day, recalling specific moments and your feelings at the time. There's no moment too trivial or too painful that God was not involved with. And then you reflect on what you did, said, or thought in those instances. Ask yourself, were you drawing closer to God or further away? 
And finally, with gratitude, look toward tomorrow and consider how you might collaborate more effectively with God. And be specific. And then conclude with the Lord. It's just one example of the way we can find God's wisdom. Because understanding and knowing God's wisdom is a lifelong endeavor. It'd be great if I could just go, damn, I got it. But that's not quite how it works. But we learn and grow. And we do it when we take each day as a learning opportunity. When we look at our day and we're honest with ourselves, where the places we were drawn more to the wisdom of the world. To be honest with ourselves, we don't have to share this with anybody else, but say, you know, when this thing happened and I did this, that really wasn't my best life. And also, to take time and say, so when this thing happened, and I did it this way, that was absolutely my best life. Because we don't want to just focus on the places we fall short. I mean, all of us fall short, but all of us are also going to have great successes and triumphs and celebrations. And those things should be celebrated too, because it's important to remember the places we fall short so we can learn from them. And to celebrate the things we do well, because then we'll remember to do them again. So we come at the end of each day, and we gather these things together, and we begin to patch together what is the wisdom of God. That divine wisdom coming from above, learning from what we do well, what we don't do well. And remembering that in all of this, God is with us and walks beside us. And God is calling us in all things to live our best life.